1: Welcome to Kids First Coming Attraction. I'm Orr. Orson. Today we're going to be talking about a lot of wonderful films and as well as a short film and a show. But first, we're going to be talking about a film based off a show, and that is Downtown Abbey that just recently came out in the theaters. So we're going to be talking with Catherine and Celine on Downtown Abbey. So, Catherine, let's start off with you. What do you think about Downtown Abbey, and how does it compare to the show that we all have loved?
2: Okay, so I thought Downtown Abbey was amazing i absolutely loved every single minute of it now i have not seen the show but this movie has made me want to watch that show and we're gonna go back we're gonna watch it and um yeah overall it was just like it was just a really it made me feel good it was a very good happy movie
1: I'm glad to hear it. I am curious since you have not seen the show. Was it understandable from the perspective of you had no idea who these characters are and what world they're
3: in?
2: Um yeah, well I thought it was really understandable. Um as long as you uh you can like remember kind of characters' names, I really had no problem just um walking in and not knowing anything about it. Um so it's really you can still follow it. Um I mean you really don't need to see the show to see the movie, but I do recommend um like maybe watching the show first because then you can like understand it even more but i mean also i recommend watching it in general so yeah
1: (laughs) well i'm glad to hear they made it a truly universal experience because sometimes people haven't seen the show and a lot of times the movies based off the shows you need that context celine have you seen the show
4: no i haven't but it was really easy to understand it, and I really loved all the characters. And you could tell who the characters were and what it was about.
1: i love to talk about the characters a little bit because we have quite a large cast, as you both said. And also, this is a very talking-oriented, a very dialogue-oriented film. So, Celine, what did you think of the acting overall?
4: Oh, my God. spectacular! I tell? absolutely, like loved, loved, loved the person who played Violet Crawley, who is Maggie Smith. She was amazing and I loved her sarcasm.
1: That's very good to hear. And Catherine, what did you think of both the acting and the humor?
4: Yeah, okay, I totally agree.
2: Um, uh, Maggie Smith was amazing in this movie. Along with all of the other actors, the acting was just, it was really believable. And so, like, a lot of the, the actors were amazing. Uh, some of the actors were um, Michelle Dockery um, and Emil Staunton. So they, they're just all amazing actors in general. And the acting was awesome in this movie.
1: You know, I love watching uh, British movies and television shows and comparing it to American, especially when there's a lot of comedy and dialogue, because there is a noticeable difference, even though Britain and America are very similar in culture and everything. They're very close together. There's still that noticeable difference, and I just love it that we can see in films like Downton Abbey. What I also love about Downton Abbey, though, is the set design, because, of course, it's in a beautiful, giant castle mansion. So, Catherine, what did you think of the set design, the prop design, the costumes, too? Of kind of putting us in this royal early twentieth century world.
2: Yeah. So the the costumes I thought were stunning and they all looked at the time in the setting. It also just looked like it was of that time. I mean, like I thought, like, wow, this looks like it's from the like the early nineteen twenties. It looks like it's right out of there. I mean, it really just that's just kind of how I imagined everything would look and it looks that way so yeah I thought that everything was
4: really amazing
1: and Celine what do you think were you able to be kind of engrossed into this world that doesn't really exist anymore today
4: definitely it really brought you back in time especially the house it was so gorgeous the details of the furniture and on their dresses and their suits and just everything was so detailed
1: I find this interesting where you actually go and look at the film locations. Some of this was filmed in a museum and some of this was filmed in an actual castle, which I just find really fascinating that they're able to actually get like real sets, real locations to put us into this world. I find that wonderful. And, Catherine, my next question for you is My worry sometimes when we have films that are talking about royalty or wristing of uh, living their lives is that sometimes the story can get a little bit slow. Did you ever have that feeling in Downton Abbey, or was it really able to keep up the pace?
2: I think it was really able to keep up the pace. I didn't really get lost. I didn't really feel like it was very slow. Maybe like the first five minutes because I had no idea what was going on. But then after like probably 10 minutes, I knew it was going on. And then.
4: It just went by really kind
1: of fast, and so yeah. That's very excellent to hear, and Celine, how about you?
4: I never got bored. They would move on to different characters, or show the kitchen and the dining room, and then the town, and then all of the many things. And it would just—I would never get bored.
1: Well, i just am really happy, and overall, this seems like a really amazing film. And I do wish that we had more British big-time big, big films. We don't really see that very often anymore, and it's kind of sad. I really love British cinema, and I hope we can see more of it in the future. You're listening to Kids First Time Attractions today, and right now we're talking about Downton Abbey. We're talking with Catherine and Celine about it. And now I really want to talk about what you guys specifically, what your opinions were about the film. So, Catherine, first let's start off with you. What was your favorite scene in the film, and what was your favorite character?
2: Okay, my favorite character was probably Violet Crawley or Granny, because almost everything she says is hilarious. Just the sarcasm, and it's just, it's really funny. So she has to be one of my favorite characters. And my favorite scene, oh my gosh, I loved all the scenes.
1: And Celine, how about you? Uh,
4: My favorite character would have to be Daisy Mason played by Sophia McShara, because her accent was unbelievable. It was so British and beautiful. I wish I had an accent that great. And my favorite scene would have to be the ballroom, the ending scene. When they were dancing, their gorgeous gowns, everything was so amazing. You'll just have to watch it to find out how great that scene is.
1: And you know, that brings me to my next question, because when I'm looking at a film that's dealing with British University Karats, I very much expect amazing music, amazing classical orchestrate masquerade balls. So, Celine, can you tell me a little bit about the music in the film? Did it have that beautiful orchestral background?
4: It was so amazing. When they were dancing, It was they were was like very majestic and they flowed onto to the music and the music when there was a dramatic scene, when dramatic music, when the sad music, there was so much classical music and even piano music too.
1: Oh, I love it so much. I really want to see this film. I absolutely love it when films really put you in the era, not only with the set and design, but with the music as well. And Catherine, you know, something that I've noticed a lot when films have a lot of characters is that they have a hard time balancing between characters. Did you ever think that was an issue with this film or did it really give each character their own time on screen?
2: You know, I really did think that it did a great job, like, giving characters their own time. It kind of had, like, a couple of different stories going on at once, but they all intertwined in some way. So I just thought, yeah, everybody had like, enough time so that you were satisfied um, with watching all of the little kind of stories and whatever is going on. Um, so, yeah, I thought that they balanced that out really well.
1: Well, I'm very much glad to hear. it. And, Celine, I'm sure parents are wondering, even though this may be appropriate for older kids and adults, is it also appropriate for children? What age range would you give it?
4: I would have to say 12 through adult. Some younger kids can watch it. They just won't understand what the plot is about because there are very strong words and the character choices, and I just feel like they won't understand as much as adults will.
1: I can understand that. And what do you think, Catherine?
2: Um, yeah, there are some mature scenes. Um, so I would say, yeah, 11 to 18 and also adults. Um, yeah, there's just a couple of mature scenes, and, you know, they some other kids, just, younger kids just might not really understand as much
1: what's going on, so. That's very much understandable. I remember I was reading a play by Oscar Wilde, The Importance of Being Earnest. Now, that's a wonderful, wonderful play, but most likely a lot of kids won't really get a lot of the jokes, which is sad because it's a really funny play, but I'm guessing maybe something like that where you got to be a little bit more older to understand some more complex humor, things like that. But overall, uh, Celine, how many stars would you give this film and why?
4: Five out of five stars. Everything was amazing. I could watch it like over and over again. And the costumes were my favorite because I love fashion. And the characters and just everything was so amazing.
1: I'm just looking at the pictures from this film and the suits, the tuxedos, the gowns, everything just looks so beautiful. You're absolutely right. And Catherine, how many stars do you give it?
2: Uh, I give it a five out of five stars. Like, I think that they they it was just perfect. It was just it was just a perfect movie. It's it has like happy scenes. It, it made me laugh, it made me cry. It was just it just went in perfect harmony.
1: Well, thank you guys so much for talking to me about Downton Abbey. something that is all the time we have. For the audience, it is in theaters now, so definitely check it out. And also, make sure to check out the show, Downton Abbey. It's the same name. It ran for several years, and I hear it's absolutely phenomenal, so make sure to check out both of them. However, let's take a break. I'm Jerry Orris from Los Angeles, and you're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. Today's show is sponsored by Yo-Kai Watch Season 1, Volume 2.
5: Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America.
0: Just visit kidsfirst.org for more information. Hurry, our Kids First Film Critics Boot Camps are filling up fast. Join our team of youth reporters and help us help other kids make smart decisions about the movies they choose to go see. At Kids First, we believe that smart kids make smart consumers. You are tuned in to Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Kids channel. Shh, turn off your phone. Another movie review is coming up. Hey, welcome back.
2: I'm Felicia Benz from Los Angeles, California, and you're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. We've been talking about Downton Abbey, and next we will be talking with Ethan and Benjamin about Abominable. So, hello, guys. Hello. All right. So, to start off, uh, Ethan, why don't you give us a brief summary of the plot of this film? So, uh, it's about a magical yeti
6: who escaped from a lab in China, and he's running away from a crazy scientist trying to catch him. And on his escape, the yeti meets a young girl named Ji, who lives with her mother and grandmother. Ji and the yeti become friends, and she names him Everest and her Everest and two brothers, or I think cousins, uh, help Everest get
2: back to Mount Everest. Nice, yeah. Um, so Benjamin, cause this is a DreamWorks animated film. So well, what did you think of the animation of this film?
3: The animation in this film is really impressive. Um, there's a lot of craftsmanship and detail to it. Some of Mamadol's best moments are driven by the visuals. Like, there's a scene, there's um, a chase where a field of yellow flowers morphs into a tidal wave, a chase over the rooftops um, of a vibrant, colorful china, and clouds morphing into these aquatic creatures that are, creature, or, that are characters ride towards the skyline.
4: That's
2: yeah, that's interesting. I, I did see some trailers of it, so I know that there was an element of magic involved. And let me just say... I love any story that somehow involves magic. So I was pretty interested to see, like, how that would sort of be interpreted in, like, the visual style. And from what I can tell, this
3: film looks really good. Uh, it, it's very, yeah, it's it's fantastic.
2: Yeah, I heard a lot of good things about the animation, so. Uh, Ethan, who would you say is uh, your favorite character? Uh, it'd probably be,
3: hmm...
6: It's it's kind of a hard choice, honestly. Probably Peng because
2: he relates to me and he loves sports and he loves giant Yetis. <laughs> you know, it's a good thing when you're having trouble deciding who your favorite character is. I know I know I've had I've had that struggle sometimes. <laughs> and same thing, Benjamin. Who would you say is your favorite character?
3: I gotta go Everest. He's very lovable. I can I can already guarantee that a lot of Kids who see this movie will want some sort of toy featuring this character after they see it. Uh, I can almost guarantee that. Yeah, he's big, he's fluffy, and he's magical. I mean, what more can you want? <laughs> I was reading some
2: articles about this film. Supposedly, they were trying to sort of recreate the bonds that people have with their pets. And as a certified dog mother, I can definitely sort of see like what they were trying to go with.
3: Yeah, it's very similar to sort of um, the How to Train Your Dragon movies and the way that uh, the the Ye- the Yeti and the main character interact.
2: I mean, that makes sense, considering it does seem like there is some overlap between, like, the creators of, like, other DreamWorks movies. Because I think also, like, the people who worked on, like, Kung Fu Panda also worked on this film. Yeah. But I do believe that someone at least someone who worked on uh how to train your dragon worked on this. So I can definitely understand like kind of where the overlap comes from. Um, so Ethan, what would you say about the voice acting in this film? It was really good, honestly. And I like the por- person who did the voice effects on the Yeti, because that was really cute and funny. Oh yeah. I feel like people don't really understand like kind of how hard it is also to voice act uh animal characters because <laughs> then you can't really do like you can't really do dialogue and like normal inflections because it's basically all this grunting so i feel like it is important that we appreciate uh those like actors who do though because i know there are some actors who like specialize in like animal characters benjamin who would you say is your favorite actor in the film
3: oh um i'm gonna have to go with the voice actor for the yeti yeah um, I thought he gave a lot of personality to uh, what consists of a lot of weird noises and, like, grunts. <laughs> you know, he managed to give that character a real soul. Yeah.
2: Well, that's very important because, you know, the Yeti is sort of the main hook of this film. So I can totally understand, like, the emphasis on wanting to give this character a lot of personality. So I appreciate that. You're listening to Kids First Coming Attraction. Today, we're talking about Down Navi, and right now, we're talking to I- uh, Ian, Ivy, and Izzy about Abominable. So. Hello. Uh, hello. Uh, hi. Hello. No. So Ian, I, I feel like one thing that I, I haven't seen this movie yet, but one thing that I've kind of known a little bit about this movie is that it involves a lot of violin. Uh, I specifically remember this because I saw a trailer for this movie in theaters with my friend who is a violinist. So I kind of want to know, like, how is the music in this film?
4: It's very realistic and
2: breathtaking, and I just love it. It's wonderful. So does it actually involve uh, a lot of violins? It it does. And the violin is beautiful. It really sucks me into the movie. That's nice to hear because I've always been a fan of violin music, so that kind of intrigues me. And I also I also do want to know like how the violin music actually is specifically because um because of my violinist friend.
7: Um,
2: and so that is good to hear. And uh, Ivy, given the fact that this is a DreamWorks Kids film, I want to know exactly how is the comedy. Oh, the comedy is really good. I really love Ping. He was very funny. He was um, he played a big role in this movie, I feel, and he was super hilarious. I like when he took all the soda cans and he drank all of them. That was super funny. And the comedy was just really there, along with all the other emotional parts, such as her whenever her father died in the beginning. She just really is very emotional of what also it's the laughter is in there as well so the audience is with a bunch of different emotions watching this film that's always to nice hear. and actually it's interesting that you bring that up because from what i can tell this film was a lot more emotional than uh, sort of like more uh recent DreamWorks films so izzy i want to know exactly like how how are like the more emotional and dramatic scenes in this film well some of them were like really sad and almost made me cry but some of the emotional parts made me cry for
7: sadness and happiness and they were just so beautiful and yi really showed her emotions and it was really sad and happy and pretty and it mixed emotions everywhere and it was beautiful
1: <laughs>
7: well
2: that's interesting it's it's always good when a movie can sort of make you feel more than just one thing at a time, depending on the situation, because it's never really good when it's just one just one emotion the entire time. So, uh, from what I can tell, this film takes place in modern day China. So I'm assuming that the sort of sets in this uh, in this movie kind of take on that approach, and it seems like they're actually going to like real locations. So, Ian, I kind of want to know like. What did you think about, like, the set design in this film? Like, the, like, I don't know, like, if you really know much about, like, Chinese, like, aesthetic or stuff, but, like, what did you think? Um, I, I thought that, um, the sets were where, where they were supposed to be, and I didn't think there were any misconceptions. I thought everything was where it was supposed to be. So, like, what you're saying is that you feel like the animators really did a lot of research in terms of what these places actually look like. Yes, but um, it kind of looked like a city in China. Um, based on what I know, I think I know that
6: um, like the roof Chinese buildings have like curves on them, and
2: and um and the buildings there kind of look like like New York City mixed with Tokyo. Ah. So if I'm correct, this film takes place in Shanghai. I don't know much about like Chinese culture. So I don't know if this is exactly accurate, but from what I've heard, the creators did do a lot of research. So I can appreciate that. Now, um, final question. Uh, Ivy, what would you say is the age rating and star rating of this film? Well, I really love this film. The plot was great. It, everything about it was just very, very good. I give it a 5 out of 5 star rating and ages from 6 to 18 because it's super good. And I feel like any age would really enjoy this film because it it's not just a kid's film. This film it, it's very important. And I'm older and it's more of a kid's film, like I said, but it made me cry that it was so emotional. So I just think it was really good for a lot of ages even adults. Well, that's nice to hear. And this film comes out on September 27th. Let's take a break. I'm Felicia Betts from Los Angeles, California, and you're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. Today's show is sponsored by Yo-Kai Watch Season 1, Volume 2.
5: Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America.
0: Just visit kidsfirst.org for more information. Hurry, our Kids First Film Critics Boot Camps are filling up fast. Join our team of youth reporters and help us help other kids make smart decisions about the movies they choose to go see. At Kids First, we believe that smart kids make smart consumers. are tuned into Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Kids channel. Shh, turn off your phone. Another movie review is coming up.
1: Hey, welcome back. I'm Jerry Ors from Los Angeles, and you're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. We've just been talking about a lot of great new movies. Now we're going to be talking about a new short film called Unseen, and we're going to be talking to Natalia about it. So just before we start talking about the film, can you talk a little bit about what the film is about and uh, what the message to the film is, Natalia?
7: Well, this upcoming short film is about the horror of child trafficking and very much puts it in the spotlight. It is a must-seeing by every parent and teen who uses social media because child trafficking can really happen to anybody. And this short film was really putting the message out that we should start the conversation now. And it's about a teenage girl's innocent social media mistake that leads her down a road never to be seen again.
1: You know, I really appreciate documentaries and films that look at the horrors of social media and technology because I don't think people realize how easy it is to find information about others online. So I really just give kudos to the filmmakers for making this because it's a very powerful message and a very important one today. And Natalia, how do you think it tackled this message? Do you think it gave a very good representation of the issue and really taught uh, the audience a lot about how to avoid this issue and how to help others?
7: I do. I very much believe it. As young, as being eleven, I don't really come across many short films or overall films or anything as important as this as child trafficking because I still am a child. It can easily happen to me, especially getting out of school now that it's back in school. So I figured, being when this came across my eyes, I was like, I really don't really learn about all this stuff at school. It's not really where they set up life for. So I was like, I have to see what this is all about. And when I first watched it. I, it woke me up because as an 11-year-old, I usually see PG-13 movies, upcoming funny movies. I never get to see these hardcore, meaningful movies that really can help me during life.
1: You know, you make a very good point because there is this stigma of avoiding showing children very harsh subjects like human trafficking. And like you said, you're 11 years old, so you wouldn't see a lot of films like this. Now, in your opinion, as an 11-year-old, do you think this film is appropriate for younger kids?
7: I definitely do. And I feel like if I was a parent deciding for my children to watch it, it'd be very mixed thoughts because at one point, I, of course, I get where they're coming from from the point where they won't, don't want to make sure it's too harsh for the kids. But I also get that I, my mother has taught me when I grow up to look out for my surroundings. Safety is the number one. And I really want to get this across if I was a parent to get it across to my children, making sure they know what the boundaries are on social media and looking around for their surroundings. But at the same time, I would have to make thoughts about whether to show them. But as an opinion, as an 11-year-old, I think it really put a meaningful message, and I feel like it's not inappropriate for young children and adults to check out.
1: Absolutely. I would agree. I think there's a lot of issues that sadly we have to face in our world today as both children and adults and teaching kids how to deal with those issues and that the fact those issues exist early on is extremely important. Something I really find interesting about this film is that it's of course a short film. I believe it's 20 minutes long. So Natalia, can you talk a little bit about that format for this film? Do you think that length is a good length for this film?
7: I do, I definitely believe that it was a good length. It really, what I think most is why it's it's a good length, not because I didn't enjoy it, but also because it built some suspense and it made the viewers want to have more, which really is what the key things that directors want. They want their audience to be engaged with the film. They want their audience to want more. And this is really what the short film put on my eyes because I wanted to see what happens next, what's gonna happen. My, those thoughts were running out of my mouth, through my head, and I was thinking, what could happen? But I do think it was a good length because it really just got to the point and taught us what it was meaning. And the short film, I, I had the chance to interview them, amazing, the writer and director, Elizabeth Lake Thomas, and her daughter and many of the cast members who ran this film. And getting to interview them, she did say a powerful word. She didn't want the viewers to see what the trafficking industry was like. She wanted to see what the horror is from a first-hand view of what it's like to be lured in by these child traffickers, making it easy for sex traffickers and pimps to easily lure you in. And this is why it's so important to watch as young Asiangay from the last question. And yeah, I do think it's a very great link.
1: You know, I really just have to give kudos again to, to them, because this is a very powerful way of looking at it. A lot of films, a lot of documentaries especially, they just describe it as if they're describing a business. And they don't really look at the victims very much. And you see this with not just human trafficking. You see it with a lot of different things out there in the movie business. So I'm glad they were able to tackle it from a very personal and intimate field. And also the fact that it's on human trafficking is just really important because it's not talked about very much. You don't see human trafficking a lot in the news. It's very much under hidden. So I'd like to know yeah. from you, Overall, how many stories would you give this film?
7: I don't think that's a question, actually. I think I just gave it a five out of five stars. The important message really got across, and that's what we need. And like you said, we don't get to see a lot of these films. And sadly, we get to see a lot of what happens on TV, but we never get to teach the young youth what it's about and how easy it is to be learned in. And actually, I think this is one of my favorite short films I've ever watched because it wasn't just a silly 11-year-old film, a typical one I'd watch. It was an important one that really taught a message. And the fact that it was based off true events even taught me this is this could really happen and it was she got lured in as a teenager most people are they're mature enough they should know it can happen to anybody teenagers adults all of ages. so you just got to be aware of who's around you
1: well thank you so much for talking to me about the short film unseen natalia
7: thank you for having me it was wonderful
1: of course, for our audience, I definitely recommend you check out both this film and also look up information about human trafficking. Like we said in the interview, it is a very important issue, and you definitely should be educated about how to avoid human trafficking and also how to notice when someone is being human trafficked around you. So definitely do some research on that. You're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions, and right now we just finished talking with Natalia on the scene, and now we're going to switch gears and talk to Ethan about Yokai Watch Season 1, Volume 2. So, Ethan, overall, what did you think about this DVD collection? Can you talk a little bit about what's on it?
6: Uh, Well, the theme song was really catchy, and I really liked that. And the animations were really cool. And it's just really cool to see something like this created you know, by a really good person who just makes something so great.
1: You know, I was watching a little bit of an episode before the second started, and I just loved how stylistic it was. It was... Very much an anime, but a little bit more Americanized. I loved it; it was so beautiful. Can you talk a little bit about more what you liked about the animation, how it fit with the story?
6: Um, it fit because it's kind of like you know Pokemon, but it's called yokai, and I like that very much because I really like Pokemon. So to see it as yokai, it's kind of familiar, but I really like that, and it's just really cool because a watch you you wouldn't ever think that a watch could see these cool ghost things that make problems in the city and it's really cool
1: you know animated films and tv shows always have the most interesting and funny ideas that you would never find anywhere else in live action i love it i just it's just so fun to see what people come up with next and something i'd love to know is because i believe this is originally in japanese what did you think of the voice acting because it may look a little bit more off since there has to be some dubbing involved so we who do not speak japanese can enjoy it
6: uh, well, it was in English, so I, it was really cool, and even if it was in Chinese, it would still be really cool and entertaining.
1: Well, I'm glad to hear it. And can you talk a little bit about the characters? What did you think about the story itself and the characters that they put in it?
6: Well, Nate and the ghost were really funny. at Probably every single episode, they were funny.
1: Well, I'm glad they're able to maintain the humor. And it seems like it's, you know, more geared to kids. Is, is that true? What do you think the age range is? Um, eight to
6: 15. And why that? Well, because it's appropriate for little kids. And I don't think older uh, kids or adults would like it as much. But they could enjoy it.
1: I can understand that completely, and I know a lot of parents really want when they have uh, children's programming is for each episode to teach the child something, so are there any morals or themes that the episodes have?
6: Uh, I don't think so. It was just uh, a bunch of episodes. There was also two extra things. It was these two yokai yokai-like animals, they were brothers and they were in the city. And then there was also the great dog escape, which was really cool.
1: And what was your favorite episode?
6: Probably the one where it was the ghost that's with Nate got him this weird thing that makes uh, yokais like go away for like a summer present. So it like all of the yokais would go away from him because it smells bad to them. But it was funny because the whole episode, they were still there. And at the end, they were like, why is it not working? And they found out it doesn't even work. It's just for the Pokemon that they're, I mean, the yo that they are.
1: (laughs) You know, this really just seems like a really uh, entertaining, but also very original animated series. And I'm glad that they were able to make something original because sadly in 2019, we don't have a lot of original content, especially for kids. So kudos to them. And overall, Ethan, how many stars would you give this collection and why?
6: Uh, three out of five stars because it kind of gets like it's too long I think so they should make like at least four or three discs because it's a little too long But other than that, it was really funny, and I liked it
1: That's fair. And what do you think was too long about it?
6: Uh, I think each episode
1: and why was each episode so long? Well, what made each episode too long
6: because in each episode there was yokai and then the two brothers in the city, and then the great dog escape. I think they should do one disc for each type of episode.
1: I see, interesting. And overall, Ethan, would you like to see more of this show? Yes. And why is that?
6: Because it's really funny, and I think kids would really love this.
1: I'm glad, and it definitely does seem like it's really entertaining. And also, you know, the animation itself is so bright, so colorful, even younger kids, who may not quite understand the stories, would still absolutely adore it. And I know that this is Volume 2, which means that there is a first part that we do not see in this collection. Your and, and Ethan, do you think you can still enjoy this collection without seeing, you know, the very first few episodes?
6: Yeah, because they're all just different stories. And that's what I like about it, that you don't have to watch the beginning. You can just watch them whenever you want to.
1: Absolutely. It's very true. Well, Ethan, thank you so much for talking to me about Yo-Kai Watch Season 1, Volume 2.
6: Thank you for having me.
1: Of course. Let's take a break. I'm Jerry Orr from Los Angeles, and you're listening to Kids First Come Attractions. This week's show is also sponsored by Yokai Wash Season 1, Volume 2.
5: Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America.
0: Just visit kidsfirst.org for more information. Hurry, our Kids First Film Critics Boot Camps are filling up fast. Join our team of youth reporters and help us help other kids make smart decisions about the movies they choose to go see. At Kids First, we believe that smart kids make smart consumers. Tuned in to Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Kids Channel. Shh, turn off your phone. Another movie review is coming up. Hey, welcome
2: back. I'm
0: Coach Best from Los Angeles, California, and
2: you're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. We've been talking about Downton Abbey, Abominable, Unseen, Yokai Watch Season One, Volume Two, and right now we will be talking with Madison about Ad Astra. Hello, Madison. Hi, so I've, I've actually already seen Ad Astra, so I know most about what happened, but please tell uh, those who don't know what the plot of this film is. The plot of this film is about this astronaut, Roy McBride, who takes a mission across our entire solar system to uncover the truth about his missing father and his doomed expedition that happened 30 years ago that is now threatening our world today. And our, actually our whole universe today. So I want to know, because I've I've done a review on this film as well. So mm-hmm. I want to know, what did you think about the acting in this film? Because I feel like most of the film was about Brad Pitt, despite the fact that there were other cast members. So I want to know, like did you feel the same way? Did you feel like he kind of took over or what? Yeah, I definitely do feel like that he did take over quite a bit. I do think that we could have seen other characters a little bit more. And I do think that we could have learned about them a little bit more as well. Not saying I don't think Brad Pitt didn't do a good job. I do think he did a fantastic job portraying his character. But I do also think that we should have had some other screen time with other characters and less with him. No, yeah, I totally understand that, because, like, that, that was kind of how I felt, because it's like, yeah, it is kind of his story, but also, like, there were a few characters who I feel like were just kind of there. So, yeah. So, um, now, most of this film takes place in space and in, like, spaceships, so how did you feel about, like, the, how did you feel about the special effects? I thought they were absolutely out. I thought that they captured the concept of space very well they did have um, it was a very artsy film I would say and it kind of gave you a very peculiar look on space from like different perspectives that people have told us about I yeah I, I felt that too I felt like um I really liked the special effects I thought it was like just very realistic very like it was seamless like it didn't look out of place at all yeah i I feel like the the sort of aesthetic of the the visual style of this film was kind of trying to sort of play into the themes. so i want to know like without spoilers i want to make that very clear (laughs) without spoilers what did you sort of think about like the message of this film and what it was trying to say I did think it had a very, a very good message. Um, I personally caught onto that message very well. Some people may have not caught onto that message very well. I would say that the message of this film is, I would say to always, I would say always push yourself no matter what someone tells you. Well, that's a definitely a different interpretation than me and my mom had. Um, yeah. Because after we got out of the theater, me and my mom had this entire long conversation about what we thought the film was trying to say. And that lasted all the way from the drive to the theater all the way home. And <laughs> I, think, I think that was kind of like why I liked the film so much because, mm-hmm. because I, I, I love when I'm able to have like really deep and meaningful conversations about films with people. And I feel like this film definitely captured that. Um I was gonna say what I thought the interpretate my interpretation was, but like also I feel like this film definitely has just in general a lot to say. So yeah. like your so it's like your interpretation was one that like I hadn't really thought about. Mine mine was a little bit darker. I'm just gonna be real here. My <laughs> my interpretation was a lot more was a lot more depressing and yours yeah. is a lot more hopeful so i kind of really <laughs> like the contrast actually yeah um, but yeah i feel like this film in general was surprisingly a lot darker than <laughs> than i <had> originally expected <laughs> so as i was just saying i felt this film was kind of a lot more depressing than i had originally expected because i hadn't seen like anything about this film before uh before i went to i went to actually see it mm-hmm. and i feel like I originally thought it was gonna be like one of those like, like epic space movies or something like that, like an epic adventure. But yeah. I, it felt a lot more, well, for lack of a better word, grounded. Um, and for my final question, I want to know what would you say the your star rating and age rating is for this film? I would give this film a three out of five stars, and um, for age rating, I would probably say. 12 and older, 12 through 18, and adults would enjoy joy. Because there was also mild blood and gore and very, very little language or profanity. Mm. All right. Well, thank you. You're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. Today, we're talking about Ash. Today, we're talking about Downton Abbey Abominable Unseen Yo-Kai Watch Season, season 1, Volume 2, Hello, Ivy. <laughs> Hi. Today you will be talking to me about the Jungle Bunch. So first off, what, what is the plot of this film? Well, the plot of this film includes the Jungle Bunch, which in, which has different animals in it, such as Maurice, which is a penguin, a gorilla, gorilla named Miguel, and Gilbert and Tazir, and Bat Patricia. This movie is about this bunch saving their community, putting out forest fires, fighting bad guys and saving animals so it starts off in the plot as the jungle and all of these animals are in their different territories their villain which comes to strike is the koala named igor he wants to destroy the jungle because he feels excluded from the bunch he wants to take over and be the leader he plans to fight them as payback for what happened years ago and they go on crazy wild adventures make inventions to save the community nice so this is an animated film correct yes ma'am <laughs> ma'am all right uh, um, so what would you say how, how do you feel about the animation in this film the animation was really well because the colors were very poppy and, and i like all the different scenes and the way they're set up and all the creativity that was involved that's nice to hear so how do you feel about the characters in the film it sounds like there's quite a few characters all with different personalities oh boy the characters were great they were very well developed and I love the voices that were played by each character they felt they fit the role perfectly and one of my favorite was Maurice because he is very funny at times, but also is very emotional, and I don't know. It just really stood out to me. And in times, he got really down, but then there was things that uplifted his spirit, and he just took you on an emo- emotional roller coaster. That's always good to hear. So, would you say that he is your favorite character in the film? Yes, he is my favorite character. Uh, and he's so cute, his little pink one. <laughs> So you mentioned earlier that you thought all of the voices fit uh, all the characters. So would you say that the voice acting in this film is really good? Yes, it was phenomenal. Because, like, there wasn't too high pitched or too low. They fit the characters very well. And really anything they said or did, it seemed very realistic with the voice. Like, I don't know. And the animation was good. So it just all really conjoined together and flowed very well. That's nice to hear If I'm correct, is this film, like, foreign? Because I tried searching it up, and most of my results were in a different language. Um, I'm not exactly sure. That's a very good question, but I'm not sure. Yeah. right. So, what did you feel about, I'm assuming this film was very comedic, because, you know, animated kids film. So, what did you feel about the humor in this film? Oh, it was really good. One of my favorite parts is when Maurice the Penguin, he gets really down in his spirit because he feel like he feels like he can't live up to his mother's expectations. So he goes back where to the film originated from, like where the first setting was, and he goes back to that flashback. And the song The Eye of the Tiger comes on, and he's a penguin <laughs> and he puts stripes on himself like like Indian war paint. And it sings the "Eye of the Tiger" song, and he gets himself pumped up, and it's so funny. I just really love it. It's so hilarious. I was cracking up. Anytime you know, I I don't know why, but anytime I hear "Eye of the Tiger," it always just like funny to me. I don't know. I don't know, I know why that's. It's one of those American songs that like just pumps everybody up. Yeah, it it, it very much is just one of those like brand, like American brand songs.
4: Yeah,
2: <laughs> like I, a war song. Yeah. I don't know how to describe it. It's just really funny to me. <laughs> me either. Actually, speaking of the music in this film, uh, what did you think about this film soundtrack? Was also was the Eye of the Tiger like the only like like already uh, already popular like pop song featured or something like that? Because I know kind of. of. There wasn't really any, like, pop songs. It was more of, like, just beat and, like, positive vibes making you feel relaxed in the film. That was the only Pacific song. I wouldn't really say, like, in moments there would be, like, happy beats, but not really words. Like, that was the only song that was really in the film that I remember of. Ah, uh, yeah. Because sometimes, yeah, well, sometimes animated films will, like, do a thing will have, like, actual, like, already established pop songs or like just popular songs in general in their film. Yeah. Um, So it sounded like it wasn't going to be in one of those cases. Um, Mm -hmm. So what would you say is your favorite scene in this film? Well, that was my favorite scene, but I do have a couple other ones that I really enjoyed as well. One of them was whenever they helped their community, like they had like a little spot, they were, and if an animal needed help or it was injured, it would come to that certain spot. And one bird came to the spot, and this butt kind of got saved, <laughs> so they made him um, bird bottom cream to put on his butt so it wouldn't sting, and I thought that was really funny, too. So, final question, what would you say is the star and age rating of this film? The star and age rating of this film, I give this DVD a 5 out of 5 stars and recommended it to ages 3 to 15, as well as adults, because it was really cute, and I thought it was funny, (laughs) like the jokes were funny, and the characters were really cute, and they all had good personalities, and voice voice actors, I guess I would say, and good animation. All right, well, thank you for talking to me about this film. Thank you for having me. Thanks so much for joining us. You've been listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. To watch our latest reviews of the latest films, DVDs, TV shows, music, and apps, and to learn how you can join our Kids First Film Critics team, go to www.kidsfirst.org. Be sure to check out our YouTube channel and look for our reviews on Press for Kids, KidsWorld.com, and Kidsville News. This show is produced by the Coalition for Quality Children's Media for Voice America and iHeartRadio. Today's show is sponsored by Yo-Kai Watch Season 1, Volume 2. I'm Calista Best from Los Angeles, California. Thanks for listening. Bye-bye.
0: Thank you again for tuning in to Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Kids channel. Now you know more about which movies are playing and can make an informed decision. Tune in again next week.